0: There
1: is hope for us yet We are young, we are wed I am
0: Laura McAllen And I am Holly Whittler
1: And this is Home Podcast Why does it sound like I ate a bag of rocks? Does it? <laughs> I think so I don't know.
0: You right. mean like you sounded like froggy? Yeah. Or mm. I didn't catch that. Like I that. just woke up. <laughs> they Good. sounded just fine. So, hi. So, hi. Hello. hello. Hello, hello. How are you? What are
1: you doing right now? What did you do today?
0: Mm, okay. I slept until nine, which is fucking fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. and then I woke up and I went to my favorite cafe and I had two cappuccinos and two pastry, And then I, then I came back to my, oh, then I went to the farmer's market that's open every day and I bought for $10, ah. two full bags of produce. Um, and then I stopped at the store and I bought a bunch of fizzy water and, um, some mozzarella de bufala, which is like, I mean, God, all this stuff is so cheap here. um. You asked, yeah. I'm just gonna painstakingly take you through it all. Okay, so then I came I wanna know. back to my apartment and I put all the stuff in my fridge. And then I went to my other favorite cafe and I waited. I had um, another couple of cappuccinos and I'm I waited for one of my friends who was staying with me last night because her passport got ripped off as she arrived at the Ugh. airport, and so she was at the embassy. And anyway, um, so I hung out with her, read more. And then I came home and I took a shower. And then I, um, went on a beautiful walk and then I went to another cafe. Um, this is an hour. <laughs> do you have two more cappuccinos? I had one more, but, um, and I ate a gelato on the way there. It's so bad. I'm, I oh. am just eating sugar by the time. I actually do eat healthy it's like certain parts of the day, but by the time I eat healthy, I'm shaking from like <laughs> yeah, your sugar. Like, uh... My body hates me. Um, but yeah, so I went and I read more, and um, and then I came back home, and I I had calls until right now. I have uh, I work at about starting at about six o'clock my time.
1: Yeah. So um, a- the good bad part. Yeah, just to clarify, you're you're in Rome, so yeah. people are like what is
0: happening yeah it was yeah it was like it was a tremendously wonderful day I went into Mm -hmm. I I, I went into churches like the best part about being here for me it's like going and like walking outdoors and seeing beautiful things and then also going into churches where there is the huge beautiful churches where there's no no one where there's not a soul and just being in this beautiful space and I'm not Catholic so I don't have any I wasn't raised Catholic and I was raised Protestant I was raised Methodist so I don't have any like stuff around it and I, I, I know yeah. that for a lot of people it's that's not true but for me going into a Catholic church here is is like going and saying like it is like for me going and saying hi to God and um, and so I um, I always light candles and I, I bought a new rosary at the flea market yesterday so I have been carrying around a new rosary in my pocket um, which is like one of my favorite things to do yeah it's just it's great yeah. I'm lucky I love it what Love about you? you? Tell me, me happy. about your day. You uh...
1: Well, my day has been significantly shorter because it's only, it's three o'clock here right now. And so it's just mid afternoon, but let's see what I did today. I, my mother is visiting, so she's here in my place and I have my daughter home from camp this week. So it's just the three of us. And this is the first day that, that she's here. So we, I woke up to, I did some work first thing before anyone woke up. And then I, my daughter had this idea last night before she was going to bed, I fell asleep to her telling me about what she wanted to do, uh, which was create a spa in our bathroom. And last night it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But She did it this morning. She was on a mission, and I got invited to come to the bathroom. But first, I had to wait in the waiting room, my bedroom, (laughs) and pay for my services. I had to give her money, and she gave me change. How much did it cost? Well, I gave her $20, and she gave me $10 of my own money back. Okay. So, and some change. And she set up a cash register, and she set up, um, a services menu and I got a massage and which Was actually took good? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she rubbed lip gloss on my back and then rubbed it in. No, <laughs> <laughs> but she drew me a bath and, um, she had asked me to set up Buddha music that's what she called it so I set up some <laughs> Buddha music on my iPhone and she turned down the lights and she had an essential oils mister going and sprayed my rose
0: what was in no, the rose. tub because you sent me a picture of it what was actually in the tub it looked like a stick. well one of her dolls joined me and so then
1: it just looked like a. there was a drowning a drowning um Barber. barbie <gasps>
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. But she but set was, out, like, she used one of, like, Ellen's SIDS, so I saw, I saw, like, a Yeah, she had a, a Sid, Sid. Mm-hmm. suburban monk, was, was there. She brought
1: Garish, my <laughs> little green Garish. Um, you know, I basically have a home that's filled with all these things that are kind of perfect for a spa now. She brought my little sage, you know, clump in, like. Did she um, smudge the bathroom? And pretended she was smudging me. And... um <laughs> It was it was actually one of the cutest things I've ever ever seen. Where did she get
0: the idea for this? Was it like I
1: have no idea.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Do you take her to spa's? Do, no, she, do you take her to to spas get our where nails, rub We get a the random <laughs> pedicure here
1: and there from like yeah. the uh, not a spa, you know. Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um but it was it was very well executed. And then and then she had me um oh, she had books available oh. and she offered me a book. I I chose um, <laughs> Tears to Triumph from Marianne Williamson, a new book. Um, yeah, it was quite the experience. And then uh, around nine thirty, I started to get really anxious because I was like, "This day has to get going." But I didn't really didn't want to stop it. So <sighs> That's That's awesome. that was my morning. And then and then um, my mom and her have been off and doing
0: stuff ever since. But
1: yeah, such as. Um, work from home life I guess
0: that is that is a great way to start the day
1: it was pretty amazing I was very impressed with her all the details yeah. so that that is my day and now we're doing this and we're I'm really excited for this episode we're going to answer a letter yes which we haven't done in a little while and it's a really good letter Yeah,
0: really good. I'm gonna read the whole thing. Are we ready to go? Yeah, read the whole thing. Okay. It's been over 350 days booze free and three months tobacco free. It's getting easier, except for the emotional roller coaster ride. Oh, and this is to dear hip sobriety, by the way. Um, One minute I'm the Hulk, smash, and uh, then the main character from Mr. Robot. When loneliness consumes even a room full of people, the next. I often worry if any cravings will come later, as I never experienced any shaking and shit like you read, hear about, or see in movies. Quitting the drinking seemed easy, and strange enough that makes me wonder. Safe to say, the motivation is stronger than ever, expe- um, stronger than ever expected, with no motive to reanimate the monster of alcoholism or addiction. Migrating from Ohio to Australia sometimes didn't seem like a good idea at first, as they are both drinking cultures. Beer and football is a staple um, in what seems like a parallel universe. The only thing is there's more opportunities here in Australia, in the land of Oz, um, for this black American than there is in the U.S. at the moment. Missing home is like a past annoyance than it is an actual luxury. I've lost many friends, the trail of incompatible girlfriends and temporary BFFs in the time I've been there. The only true friend I could rely on at the time was the bottle. Now that I finally got that bitch out of my life, the next step is to regroup and start the assault on all the time wasted. Just like some, if it's safe or polite to say, is I now have hit the reset button in my mind, body, and soul. The one question I have that I hope someone can answer, maybe even hip sobriety, is why? Why did it happen to me? Why did I succumb to alcohol and drugs? Was it the mental and emotional abuse of family, the father I never met who turned out to be a crooked cop bounty hunter? No, I'm not making that up. I wish I was. Or those 12 years I reluctantly gave to the entertainment industry, as one friend coined it, the debauchery years. Hopefully, I'll come to terms on why during my journey and why during my journey through newfound sobriety. Fuck, that felt good to get that out, but why and why me? Anonymous. Yeah, huh.
1: so good. I've been thinking it about it since you sent it. Yeah, um, it and I have. I definitely have my thoughts. Why don't do you want to try and answer first, and we'll just you you can answer your version, and I'll answer mine.
0: Yeah, I think it's it was it was really appealing because. Um, because, oh my God, why am I already feeling like I'm gonna cry? Um, it really hit me because I forgot about that part, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I spent, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll come back to kind of answer parts of it because I, I wanna, I don't wanna go on a monologue, but you know, I wanna start by saying, I get that and I get that so much. And my first part of this, honestly, the reason that I I know what I do now and the reason I honestly, like part of the reason I do what I do is because I went on that quest. Because I didn't because a couple of things. First of all, when I stopped, I really did look around me and I did see a lot of people abusing alcohol. And I think for so many years for so many years knowing that something was wrong. Knowing, yeah. you know, like people always say this. I love it when people say, I realized I didn't drink like other people. You know, people say that all the time. And it's really funny because mm-hmm. we, we're all in the same room. And we're all saying, I realized I didn't drink like other people, but we're in the room of other people that drank like other people didn't drink. And so, but I, but I, for me, I had that knowing that, like, I didn't know what it was for so long. I think it was the fear. Is there something wrong with me? Is, is this, like, the, you know, is this the, is this the indication that I have that, I, that I'm an alcoholic? Like, you know what I mean? For so many years trying to not cross that line and being very cognizant that, like, uh, being very aware, even though I wasn't talking about it or confronting it, being very aware that um, something was off. And something was wrong. And then I had this like, I think like for me, for a really long time, um, I spent so much time trying to not be that, that when I, when I accepted that I was that, um, it was, um, I think at first what I was looking for was, was, um, was what caught, not so much why me, more of what is it? Like, what, like, and it's, again, it's so hard to go back and put myself in my shoes of that time. But for me, I wanted to know, I did, I wanted to know why, what caused this shit? Was I different Mm -hmm. or I was trying to figure out if I was different. That's what I was really trying to figure out. Was I, was I, was there something wrong with me? Was I different? Um, Was your suspicion that you were or that you weren't? I didn't want to be. Yeah. You didn't want to be no, I did not want to be, I did not want to be. I, um, Mm -hmm. in that period of time, you know, the first part I stopped by, you know, like saying I'm a non drinker. I don't want to, and it was slightly, it was very, it was easy. Like, you know comparatively and then the second part of it was um I am different I'm an alcoholic and then the return from that was I didn't like like there was something also out of alignment of saying I'm an alcoholic um Mm -hmm. and I hated I just remember I had this one conversation with a with a um I had this one conversation with one of my kundalini teachers and I said yeah yeah, yes I stopped drinking I was addicted to alcohol and um, he asked me if I had worked the program or done the 12 steps. And I just remember, like, I hated that fucking feeling of being it was this is what it was. I hated that feeling of being suspect of, of people of feeling like there was sus- there was suspicion around me. Of my mm. path, there was suspicion around me of what I might or might not do. I hated that it meant that, like, this might, this means that I'm, you know, like prone to other things. There was yeah. just something that I hated about it and I didn't like it. And so I wanted to get to the bottom of it because I wanted to understand why it had happened to me for sure, why. But like, also, I really wanted to be able to make sense of what I saw around me as well and to, to almost prove that I wasn't different.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get the
1: first part of it, especially. I think I had less of the inclination in the second part. So, no. Yeah, so Tell is, me, I,
0: I'm really, I know, like, as I'm thinking this is a great letter to answer, but I'm like, fuck, this is an awful letter. How do I even answer this? Like, <laughs> I, I have an, I do have a very... I do have a. Here's what I know. Answer, but but also I'm trying to go back to like understanding what that felt like, and that's so hard, because I I understand. I think there's that idea, the curse of knowledge. I know why now, for me at least. You know. Yeah. Well, how would you answer him? And you know, if if, mm. if trying not to put myself. Some, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. If this was someone who. Answer it the way that you would if you were you know you're sitting and this is someone you're having coffee
0: with. Okay, well, I would basically say that there is no out like most of us think that there's an alcoholic gene. Most of us think like we say it runs in our family, and we really truly believe we caught it you know through some genetic lineage, or like because you know we really do like think like um, I'm alert I am allergic to alcohol. We you know we kind of have this idea that like um, this is what and this is so. So what I believed in the beginning was that um, we were always going, this was always going to happen to us. I think that was the part I was trying to disprove the most was that it was just that. Yes, that is. That is exactly it. Thank God. Mm, okay, you were, that on, was- you were on that path. Right that 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 no matter what I had done I was really interested in the twin studies I was really interested in um and cuz I thought like it would have happened to me no matter what and that's what a lot of people believe I do think I think I think you know again Chris knowledge I know too much on some level to be able to say that but like I do think At at some point, a lot of people believe that it was just, that it was always going to happen to them. Because I wrote a piece, one of the first pieces I wrote, and I'll have to go back and look for it, was that, was I an alcoholic when I was six? Was I an alcoholic when I was 11? Like, please tell me this. At what point do you become an alcoholic, right? If that's it, if you're so predestined and predetermined to be this when was it exactly and I remember listening going to an AA meeting and hearing this girl her name was Holly and she didn't and she traced back everything she was talking about her whole life experience and realizing that everything could be explained because she was an alcoholic um, she was talking about yeah. like like w- before she was using and so for me I hated that I didn't like that explanation it wasn't enough for me and I didn't believe that I had been an alcoholic when I was in the third grade and I just hadn't met alcohol yet so anyway, and so that was what drove it for me. But here is like, here is what I understand. This is what I understand as of now, that it's no mm-hmm. one thing. There are genetic predispositions for it. There are genetic markers that we may have that, uh, that either, like there's a couple, there's been studies that have been done for this that show there's, there's two primary ones. There's one that is uh, whether or not we as individuals are, uh, are resilient Right. Or whether we as individuals are um, very um, we're very uh, I would say um, we're influenced by our we're we're not we're not as hard. We're, We're influenced. We're soft and we're shaped by our experiences. And so there is this like there's this first, you know, kind of genetic predisposition of like how you handle things some people are you know are not as easily impacted by things around them like my mom is one of these people my mom is highly resilient it takes a lot to knock her off her center um Mm -hmm. for me it does not take much to knock me off my center i am very very responsive to my environment um and then there's a second which is um there is high and low responders when it comes specifically. We're talking about alcohol addiction, not addiction in general, but like right. we're talking about alcohol addiction specifically. There are people that have different responses to it. Some people are low responders, which means it doesn't take very much to get them sick, um, and and or drunk. And for and then there are some that that are that it takes a lot more. Um, yep. So. Um, so anyway, when it comes to genetic predisposition, it's not, like, actually this, like, gen, this, this gene that says you're going to be an alcoholic. There, is, there are components to that. But then you have to add in all of this other stuff. And it kind of depends on who you talk to. I have talked about this before. I love, like, there's a there's something called the psycho, uh, psychobiosocial model. It's by um, Andrew Tatarski. He's a harm reduction psychologist in New York. And essentially what he puts together is this model that shows – and we'll have to put a link to it, but it's a model that shows – it's so not good. just one thing. It is those, it's those genetic predispositions, sure. Number one. Number two, it's did you experience trauma? Did you experience like severe trauma in your life? And did you have you handled that? You know, there's also um what was what kind of environment were you brought up in? Who were your role models? Um, mm-hmm. and also who were your peer what was your what was your peer group like? What were what were your peers doing? What do your peers do today? Will the people you surround yourself with um have yep. an influence on this? Um, there is also the, like, how much stress do you experience in your life? And also, um, you know, how do you deal with stress? There's also comorbidity issues. There is there is depression. There is all sorts of mental health issues that surround this. There's eating disorders that we've seen that are, like, highly mm-hmm. coupled with this. Um, mm-hmm. So there's also these other issues. There's what kind of coping mechanisms did you develop growing up? Um, and, uh, you know, and, and also, like, do you have any healthy ones? Or is this kind of the only healthy coping yeah. mechanism? that you have um what age did you start drinking for people like the chances of actually becoming addicted are like reduced by some 90 percent, i think when you uh when you wait till your your frontal cortex is actually fully formed kids that start drinking and you know between 15 16 17 or younger um have a much stand much less of a chance to um than than their counterparts that don't start drinking until their late 20s. So you you still hear about people that, you know, as adults, you know, didn't drink as they were a kid and then found it later and started drinking. So there's, you know, so there's – all of that. I mean, and that's just, a, you know, poverty has a lot to do with that. Disenfranchisement mm-hmm. has a lot to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. What it's, oh, my God. We could just, like, go on and on and on and on. So it's essentially, it's it's all the things. It's physiological. It's psychological. It's spiritual. It's, um, it is, it's, it's everything, like, and, and social. It's so social. It's all of those things. And then what happens is you kind of have this, like, stuff Right, you have this stuff that's going on, and then you go and you find, like we, most of us, like 70% of Americans consume alcohol. 70% of Americans, 18 and older, Consume alcohol, so we kind of go out and we are consuming like everyone else, and perhaps this is the thing we find that deals with that bolus of shit, right? So we we meet alcohol, and then all of a sudden we're like, "This works. This makes my pain less. This is this is this makes me more. This is makes me likable. This makes me." Eases my inhibitions, which is yeah, right. It eases my inhibitions. It makes it makes me popular. It allows me to have sex. Um, it allows me to forget that I hate my. Body, it allows me to forget I hate my job. It's also like, you know, it's our social constructs are all made of it. So, anyway, you go out, and you know, for some people, it's not alcohol, right? Some people go out and alcohol doesn't do it for them. And maybe it's cocaine, or maybe it's yep. cigarettes, or maybe it's relationships, or maybe it's um, food, you know, like whatever. And so, but for alcohol specifically, because you have a very light, in America, you have a high chance of going out and, ha- and, and messing around with alcohol. You go out, you yes, find it. It exactly. does the trick, and what happens is, it does this temporary alleviation of the stuff underneath. For a moment, we might find we might find social connection. For a moment, we might forget about all that stuff. We, we're relieved. It does the thing, but then what happens is, over time it starts to create its own set of problems and it goes back it's like a, it's like a vicious cycle it goes back into that whole thing of, of the pre-existing issues it makes them worse and then because it yep. makes them worse we're not dealing with them we go right back out and we drink alcohol you're continually like skimming the top over yes Well, you're re over these issues it. you're blowing them up and then you're adding ad- an additional issue and then what happens is over time because it's a chemical and because it messes with our pleasure response and our reward system, um, and it and it affects our brain and all sorts of things. Over time, what ends up happening is, I mean, it literally robs alcohol specifically, robs uh, us of our of our of our ability as human beings to use our will. Like it actually attacks the yep. part of the brain that allows us to access. Um, our, our, our choice. And so a it's our rational mm-hmm. choice starts to actually be dismantled. And it's, and what happens is our, um, our reptile brain or, our, uh, our, our kind of the part of us that thinks about the next 15 seconds, the part that's responsible for, yep. for f- fight, the, sp- the part that's responsible for, for food, um, eat, sex, kill, procreation, all these like animal instincts that we share with, with, um, With animals, (laughs) with reptiles, yeah,
1: and and the first part of our brains to
0: develop—that's like it's the it's It's the most primitive part of our brain, right? So what happens is that that response, this is all—it's all tied into that, and so we have this immediate. We're thinking with the next fifteen seconds. We kind of we lose essentially our ability to make rational choice. We're kind of driven. It becomes a like they mark. Oh, God. Mark Lewis calls it a pathological overlearning. It's just we've we've learned, we've mm. pathologically overlearned the survival response that we reach for this thing. And so there's two things that happen once we become addicted. One is the stuff that gets us there, like all the pain and the stuff underneath, that's still there. And then there's the second part of this. And the addiction is a symptom of that original, but it becomes its own issue because of what happens to the um, the brain. Yeah. And so... That's how I would explain it. It's not like, it's not one, it's not one thing. It's a lot of things and it's, it's, um, God, it's a bitch. Yeah, no, I wanted you to go into all of that. And I,
1: I mean, you're, you're basically summarizing like the basis for all of your work and (laughs) and a lot of people's work too, but especially yours. And the reason that you started hip sobriety in, you know, 10 minutes but that is, you know, that is all of that is new thinking for a lot of people, a lot of people in thinking about it that way. And so I'm glad I'm, I wanted you to go there. I was going to force you to go there if you wouldn't anyway. Um,
0: I wasn't prepared for it. So it doesn't sound as, I mean, it's something that I love talking about. No, you about. were great. <sighs> okay.
1: You were great. Yeah. I you you, you know, were great. And the slide deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
0: I'll post we definitely need to post a link to this um to this to at least the psychobiosocial model and I'll share a couple things from my com- like from from stuff I use in in the school that explains like why it's not just one thing Because a lot of people do think it's just one thing they kind of they just think it's it, it is it's true and it, it's what I it's what I was haunted by at first was just like this was always yeah. going to happen to me this was always right. like
1: and there's a helplessness factor in that and uh, inevitability and a and a um an othering that is really troublesome
0: Ugh. yeah yeah but it's not and the thing is I want to say too then I, I want your thoughts on it I, but I, I really think like one of the things we we forget to think about is that all humans are subject to this the same pathways yes. are actually like it's the same thing it's the same thing it's the same thing if it's gambling if it's the same thing for our phones people don't Get this. But if you are somebody that has never struggled with alcohol addiction or drug addiction or cigarette addiction, and you think, like, I'm, you know, like I've had many people say, I'm so sorry for you, I've never had to deal with that. And they don't realize when you are constantly checking your Facebook. Or when you're constantly mm-hmm. checking your email, it's actually driven by the same exact mechanism. That is escapism, and there is actually lighting up the same exact parts of your brain. You're actually losing right. your free will. Like along, you're actually re- you're increasing that survival response by getting those dopamine hits from reaching for your phone. It's just when it's yeah. chemical addiction, it's just a whole other beast because chemical addiction is wicked. It's it it really, really well, and it's sucks got
1: with the brain. deadly
0: consequences, and right. it, you know.
1: And, 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 aside from the deadliest of consequences, um, you know, it's, it's a slow death also, um, in ways that we don't necessarily see or recognize, um, and then there's the social aspect. Nobody, you know, nobody is going to, everyone will laugh about technology addiction and, ah, oh, ha, I'm, you know, <clears throat> I would, so many things that we are quote unquote addicted to, are fine and socially acceptable. Workaholism, you know, it's it's alcohol. I mean, drug addiction, we don't, you know, we're not, we're not very cool with that either, but there's a big other in that. But alcohol addiction is that to me, the trickiest of them all because it is 70% of people do it. And it is the acceptable norm in every social situation.
0: Oh my god, I know. Well, not only that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, no. But I think you know we're going in the same direction. But when you, you know, when you slide into the problem area, you are then forced to face all of not only the social aspect of it, but all the other things underneath that you described, and there, it's it's a it is it's a beast. Like the way you said it, it, it's a beast, and um. I want you to finish though, but I think you know as you're talking, I'm even thinking about it more, you know it's solidifying in my head that the alcohol piece is just so tricky. you know, I just spent a wee- a weekend um, at a doing you know I, it's it's everywhere and it's surrounded we're surrounded by it, and when you point that out, when you don't participate in that, you're the strange one. <laughs> You're the weird one.
0: Oh, my God, right?
1: You're not going along.
0: I know. Well, it's interesting. I was listening to a TED Talk today, and this woman gets up, and she's talking about something. And um, she says alcohol use disorder, and that's what it's classified now. The DSM-5 classifies basically, like, envelops the whole thing into alcohol use disorder. And I was just mm-hmm. sitting there and I was like, oh my God, can we have tobacco use disorder? What about cocaine use disorder? What we're saying here mm-hmm. when, we, mm-hmm. when we assert this is what we're saying is that if you're not using it right, and I'm air quoting, right? If you're not using it properly, then you have alcohol use disorder. But when we say people use cocaine, do we say like if you're not using cocaine right, then you have cocaine use disorder. No, we say all cocaine is bad. Right, we do right. as a society. We say yes, all we cocaine do. is bad, not me. All heroin is bad. All cocaine is bad. All tobacco all, is yeah. bad. But when it comes to alcohol, what we've done and what we've historically done is we've cut it up into those that can't and everyone else. Right. Yep. And so yep. when it looks like I was, I was talking to, um, I was talking to our friend Anne Dowsett Johnston today, and I was telling her like, this one woman. I was watching this thing, and this one woman gets up and she'd smoked for thirty years, and she had um she got in front of an audience on the I think it was on the Doctor Oz show and she said, You guys, whatever you do, please do not start smoking And I thought if <laughs> If somebody that had stopped drinking got up in front of an audience and said, You guys, please do not start drinking. I mean, she'd be booed off the fucking stage and they would say, How dare you? Just because you can't. Now we can't. And that's kind right. of it. Like, it's so, like, it is so accepted and it's so different than anything else. It's, it's, it is. It's so different well, than anything else. I mean, just, to, yeah. As,
1: as we saw in the past, you know, couple of weeks, Lululemon and, um, Yoga Journal and Yoga Journal put out. You know, these are health, is quote unquote health lifestyle brands that yeah. put out ads for alcohol for for wine. I
0: know. Um,
1: and then Lululemon put oh. out one for beer. No, and they it's didn't like, just put
0: an ad out for a beer. Lululemon put their oh. brand on a beer. They create, yeah, they created a beer. <laughs> they co-created a beer. I was yeah. even like there is Lululemon beer now. So yeah,
1: yeah. So and that's not to point out, you know, like. It, it to me. It just signifies how much harder it is when you are someone who is faced with this problem and you're trying to quit to look at the reality of our society and say we're really afraid. And I I definitely was too to say no. That's kind of fucked up because it turned it get you know. There's a feeling of oh I'm just you know I'm the I'm like the party pooper now. I'm just the, I'm the big downer. You know, I should just yeah. go in my corner and hide and shut up about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I'm the one with the problem. And yes, that, you know, that I have since called big bullshit on that. And I don't, you know, I'm not walk around looking at people who drink with some kind of, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't hate people who drink. I don't even dislike people who drink. I, most of the people in my life, do drink and it's not that it's not it's just looking at it's we're it's uncovering what has been fucked up for so long and it calling it what it is
0: well it's not i know i don't feel the same way i mean I, I do feel the same way i don't dislike i've never disliked anybody because they drink or had a thing for somebody like it's not i'm not mad at humans right i'm mad right. at what we've accepted as a whole yes. i'm very yes. mad about that i'm very mad the evil is not in the humans that are drinking and the evil the evil is like truly in what we've accepted as a whole which is we've we've basically we have said this one drug is okay and this one drug by the way you know will kill one in 10 of us between you know eight, 18 and 64 one in 10 of us will die from from alcohol and and no not just addiction um it costs right. our society $225 billion a year, which is, um, and it just, it it's one of those things that's like, it's so, and it's, I wrote that piece recently about how it's made of the same stuff that we fuel cars with, you know, it's poison, but we've kind of mm-hmm. taken this and we've set this aside and we've said, at all costs, don't, don't mess with that, you know, like, and we really yeah. direct it. We never direct any of our anger at the alcohol, we we really direct you know we really direct all of that at those that can't handle alcohol that
1: lost their ability to to consume it.
0: Well, not correctly. even lost their ability. I mean, that's like I mean, I'm still well. That's how you look to. at it. That's how it's viewed. You know,
1: I think that's sometimes how it's viewed. It's like, yeah. oh, that's really unfortunate. You can't do that.
0: Yeah, you party too yeah. hard. You like, yeah, I, I I took it too far. I I lost my my. You know what I mean? I, I'm really fucked up that whole great thing I had going with alcohol. I don't know. Anyway, so it's just, yeah. But we look at it that way. We really do. We don't look at the actual, like, fact that we're consuming a toxin. Um, We don't look at the fact that, like, we actually, you know, like, parents raise kids and drink in front of them. But if we were to find a parent that, like, did lines in front of their kids, we would, you know, send them to, like, jail for it, you know? Like, it's just. Yeah, literally. And yet cocaine, like, all other drugs combined, all other drugs combined kill less than, ha- like, half the amount that that kill, that kill alcohol kills. That. Anyway, so, like, we're getting off topic. But what I really want to know is, um, and I think that's important what we just talked about because we're getting to the, like, why we even say, why me? Because we still have this feeling of, like, yes. why why was I the unlucky? Or why was I this one that ended up over here? Why do they all get to keep drinking? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why me? So like, and we're talking that because what we've really, we've really like touched on this part of, we think that it's a consequence to to not drink. I don't think it's a consequence to not drink. And that's what I truly try and promote. I think it's, I think it's a privilege to be at a point where we're able to objectively look at what we're doing to our lives. But I do think that it's still, it's so seen as a consequence and it's so seen as yeah. something that most people would rather I mean I know I did I would have rather died than had to have dealt yeah. with what I, I would have I wanted oh my god it was like the last thing I could have wanted was to be the girl that couldn't drink um yes yes
1: the last the very last and Yeah, I no, that's so the, oh. bad to
0: control it yeah okay so you <sighs> I'm gonna shut up I want to hear like just a straight how you want to answer this um
1: yeah I mean no surprise I would I would answer it Differently, but I I want you know I, all of your thinking, all of the all the wonderful things you said are you know in the background of my own answer, but the way I would answer answer this um, is twofold. There's kind of the the literal answer that that I hear in this letter, which is you know why like truly he picks apart pieces of his past. Is it my father? Is it my Ten years, twelve years in the entertainment industry—is it this or that? And I think that he really is searching for those things, and you addressed a lot of them. And then, that, and then I think there is the deeper question of why, why me? This personal sort of—I don't want to say self pity, but it is. And I and I can only say that because I had it too, and it was. Maybe the the most painful part of getting sober for me, um, and more shame than self pity. Shame that I was this thing that I didn't, that I really despised and didn't want to be. Um, and and the self pity that. I really truly felt like I'd been dealt some shit card that I, it was the worst, the worst card possible for me. Both because I didn't want to be cast, I didn't want to lose my place in my social circles and my family and everything else as a drinking person. But I also didn't want to be someone who, I didn't want to lose alcohol as my coping mechanism (laughs) as something I had developed a really long relationship with. I really, you know, had this sick, but profound love for this, this thing and the ritual of it and the actual, the feeling of drinking. I really, really, really loved the feeling of getting fucked up. I mean, from the beginning and 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 every stage on the way to fucked up. I actually didn't like being fucked up so much, but I liked everything on the way to it. I liked yeah. the 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 sort of way you could feel the lights come on after a first glass and the way that everything softened after two drinks. And I think Sarah Hipola said in a recent article, there is no time she is more in love with herself and the world around her than three drinks in. Yeah. And that is that was true for me you know i it was a loss of identity and it was a loss of a relationship yeah that i had had since i was about 17. so the question that you know that that what i heard at the bottom of this letter was was that piece of it you know i and they're both important, the literal and sort of the, I'll call it like the heart piece. Um, and it's a very funny letter and, you know, you can kind of feel relief from the beginning to the end. Um, it's obvious that to, to me that this person wasn't so, it hasn't, he said it hasn't been as hard as he thought, but it's what he's feeling now is a resentment about where that puts him in the world, in the you know the place of in Australia, in culture, in society, and that is real. You know that is something I feel and empathize with deeply. I, it was the hardest part about the first year and a half that I tried to stay sober, and I, and I couldn't or didn't. And then the first really year of sobriety too, because you're not you're not changing a habit, you're changing an entire way of being in the world, including all the people and places and things that you do, you yeah. know, including all the relationships, including the places that you go, including all the things that you do, including everything you thought about yourself.
0: I was and gonna ask you earlier, like can you name one part of your life that hasn't been touched by this? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, from the outside, there
1: are ostensibly things that haven't changed, but absolutely not. There's nothing that hasn't been touched because inside it's been like a complete restructuring.
0: And it t- and it does touch almost, I mean, it does. I mean, it, work, even work, you know, your drink cart stuff mm-hmm. and the relationships and the way that you socialize with people at work and your family and your, you know, like your, you know, your everything, everything. When I, when I look at my life, I really can't find one area that was, that was left, that was left untouched by it. I really can't. Right.
1: And, but when you're, fa- when, when, when the, someone, because people told me that, you know, when I went into meetings, they said every, the only thing that has to change in your life is everything. And I thought, that's you. Yeah. Like, okay, great. How, how am I supposed to do that? And I don't want to. I don't want my life to change. I kind of loved my life. I thought really? I, did. <laughs> I mean, I thought I loved my, I didn't want to not be in a circle of friends. I really didn't. I didn't,
0: mm.
1: I loved the idea I had about, I shouldn't say I love my life. It was a very sad, <laughs> small place at that point. But I, I didn't want the other thing, you know, I didn't yeah. want. Yes, I know. I what I know. thought this other thing was. I d- um, I do get that. I, you didn't no, want to I'm be glad on the you other thing on that because it's it's an important distinction. Like and it's a really funny, you know, you just I couldn't see. I didn't know because you can't know no. what is on the other side of it.
0: You don't um, want to go there. I get that. I get that completely. You don't want to But go I didn't to that want that.
1: Like, you know, I didn't want I didn't want it. I didn't want it. And it's really um you know I think a lot of the sentiment I got like when you were saying you got this sort of sentiment or feeling that you were destined to be on this path and there was an inevitability to it that was that really bothered you I felt that there was a sadness that really bothered me underneath it um, um I don't I'm not making the connection on that. <sighs> so I felt I felt that and this was my perception, but I felt when I went to meetings because you have you know you, you also like I my primary um, exposure to early recovery recovery was through AA and while I enjoyed I I met some people and I I just you know, on the whole, I didn't want it and I didn't see it as something that was truly, I didn't see myself getting something that was better than what I was doing in sobriety, than better than what I had this, you know, than the idea I had about a drinking life in sobriety. I didn't see it in the people, I didn't hear it they said you things, didn't, I didn't see
0: thing you around what you saw around you was not attractive it was not was not attractive you, you, you were exposed to other people many other people who were doing what you were going to have to do and you did not it made you it made you not happy yeah, to say the least t-
1: <laughs> <laughs> to say the least it, it really um I want to be careful of how I say this but I'm just going to say it and And so there's a part of my book where I I wrote about recently and there was a, there was a woman I met in early, in my early sobriety and she was my sponsor. She became my sponsor for a while and she was really the first, this was the first like sit down, have a meal in a restaurant and talk to someone about what was going on with me. Um, Didn't know her, you know, I just met her through, um, a meeting and she said to me um i got out parts of my story as best i could i probably sounded ridiculous um and i was terrified and afraid and scattered but she i then asked what happened to her and she kinda of sat back and she said you know i have a nice little life now <sighs> And I, and she's my, you know, my age, beautiful, single. And I thought, no, Mm -mm. I don't want a nice little life. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't want a nice little life. Do you have a
0: nice little life right now? No. Did you say that? What in your mind, what did you picture when you said, when you heard nice little life? I thought small.
1: I thought a very small, limited, caged in experience. Yeah. And protected experience. I know that's not what she meant. Um, or at least I felt that I was supposed to receive something different from that message, that I was supposed to receive some kind of peace around what life she did have. Um, but I that's not what I heard. And that's Sort of the current of what i felt when i listened you know to what was out there about recovery it was this i didn't want it. i didn't want a nice little life i wanted an expansive
0: you wanted a big life and you lived big wanted a you big inner big. life yep. and yep. a big yeah
1: i i i didn't need a life that was big in terms of the outside stuff but i wanted a big I wanted a big life. You feel,
0: you're like me, you feel big. Like there's nothing small about you, right? And mm-hmm, so to be like, mm-hmm. it's, it feels like, you know what it reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of um, when I was looking for an apartment in LA and I went to a, a neighborhood and mm-hmm. I saw a suburban home and um, and it makes me, it makes everything in my body, like it just to me, just, <laughs> for me, for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I get want it. that. <laughs> I don't want that, you know, I'm and sure, no, 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 I want to, I want to live in, in, you know, over there where it's, you know, big and loud and, um, and alive. And anyway, but like, I get, like, I, that's an, I think that, that it's such a really great way to put it because I think a lot of times, um, it's, it's really, um, that's what we think.
1: The yes. party is over. I,
0: it's <laughs> over. Like, they're
1: like, take down, there's a, I can't remember which book it's from. I know it's, Carolyn Knapp mentions it in Drinking a Love Story, but how all the wor- the art's taken down from the walls and you're just in this white room and there's nothing left. And it, you know, it it feels like that. It's, I thought that was just the truth of it and I was just going to have to get over it.
0: Yeah.
1: So. And what I happened think- though? Well, what happened was. Th- was there, she right? Uh, <laughs> no, of course not. No, I wouldn't be here. But there, there was a period of time that did, that did feel like that, you know, it, it was a clearing out. Um, and it, it really is an inside, an inside job, but no, none of that was true. And, you know, I, I want this letter writer to, to know that too. I don't sense that that's necessarily what he was saying. Um, I think his his letter is more about the his own inner inner journey and where this puts him. But no, it's it. Here's how and my answer. So my why my when I first read this letter, the the my first gut response was the why it just so happens to be his thing was alcohol and my thing is alcohol, but there's, there's, you know, we all have different paths to waking up and this is his why, you know, this is how one way he was presented to wake up. And the why is because he has something that, that is worth living a sober life to, to reveal, Mm. you know, the, the why is, the why is so he can wake up
0: i, I think yeah that was as we started talking it was uh it was something that i didn't even think about to to answer but i i agree when i if you were to ask me i don't i don't wonder why anymore i don't i don't like and and it not just cuz i solved it you know not just cuz i solved it intellectually just because i know what it looks like on no that wouldn't last right but i when i look at this i um i i feel like it's a blessing and i feel like we, i mean it's something you say all the time which is we're the luckiest and i do believe that i'm incredibly lucky that have that this happened um yeah i do i feel like i am so fucking lucky not just that like not that I just that I was that I was addicted to alcohol. I'm I'm just lucky in so many different ways that this is what my life is now. And you know, like there's this we can look at this. We always can look at this like as like the end, right? Or we can look at this as the invitation to the thing that we're actually supposed to do. And one of my um, one of my friends, uh, she's a blogger, and well, not she's not a blogger. She blogs, and she her blog is called. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, she she does a lot of other things, and she has a – I don't yeah. know if she keeps it up. But it's called Turning the Page on Alcohol, I think. And yeah. she talks – she has this beautiful post, and it's one of my favorite because she really struggled with it. She really struggled with um, why me? Why am I the girl, right? And yep. what she came to was I had sent her this Annika Martin – oh, God. Is it Annika Martin's? yeah. Senator Annika Martin's thing, and what she got out of this article that she read was that she, and this is what I do believe that we, I, I mean, my, you know, my beliefs are out there, like, but I really do believe that we come into, the, I, you know, I believe in reincarnation. I believe that we, like, you know, essentially design the path that we're supposed to take in our lives, and that what you know she writes about is that she, you know, essentially. On her path, this is what she wanted to struggle with so that she could grow. And so for yeah. her, she says it's like the challenge that she picked to, like you know, to encounter in this life. This was the obstacle course that she had set up in order to, in order to um, not just overcome, but Get in there. order to, yeah, yeah. It was alcohol, and so and for her, it made it made her feel for her personally. It gave her the sense of empowerment that she picked this. Yeah that she yeah. essentially picked this and said I'll do that one, you know, I'm strong enough and I'm brave enough and I'll fucking do that one. And I have that same sense too. I do. I have that same sense that I was supposed to land exactly where I landed. And I I so firmly believe that I was supposed to like fall the fuck apart and I was like for, you know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that it has not been like you know, I'll easily say today, I don't take on that label. I'll easily say today, this is the best thing that happened for me. I will, I'm not embarrassed to ev- talk about it ever. I never feel yeah. like I am like the girl that can't. I really am, I don't, but it took a long time yeah. to get there. And I feel oh like it was that my path is exactly how my path had to be, including all the friends, including all the experiences, including the job, including every last little part of this, um, to push me to do something that I'm supposed to do, right? Like personally yeah. and for, you know, for whatever. This is my Role to play, this is my part to play, and so when I what makes me feel very comfortable with like with why is because. I fucking like no one else wanted to do this, right? And, yeah. and somewhere up there or before I said, I'll do that. Like I, I'll, I'll take on that. Fuck. If no one else will go, I volunteer, I will jump in and I will do that thing. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, like and and so I did. I took the, you know, and I've told this to some of my like some of my my people, my clients that have struggled so hard with so many different things, right? And those moments where they're just like, why can't it just be easier? Or why can't like like I can't do this or whatever it is I'm always just saying cuz no one else could but you no mm-hmm. one else could you know like we know some of some of our friends from the home group and so I mean some of them have these circumstances you just can't even fucking imagine and it's not to mm-hmm. say oh god cuz it sucks to be you it's to say because no one but you was strong enough to do this do you get that mm-hmm. like no one else You volunteered Mm -hmm. to do this because you were strong enough uh, because you're going to do something big with it because you're going to do something beautiful with it. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you and it's happening for the rest of us. We need you to do this. Yeah, that's that's the other big
1: piece is for the rest of us. And no, I so, I mean, you know, I so agree with all that. I think that it's important to, to ask those questions though and to not feel that way. I felt, angry and hissed off and resentful for a really long time. And and that, that was necessary and worth it. I agree. I agree. To burn through it. But I, I also wish that I could have, you know, there's, there was some ex extra shame and pain and, um, blame and all those things that, that we don't need to have about this. You know, we don't need to have, it's important to know the reasons why we, it's important to uncover our past and all the questions that he's asking. You know, this is it the entertainment industry. Is it the, um, is it his, his father? Is it, and we all have things that we can point to and say, you know, that was painful. That was hard. That was painful. And they're true and they're real. And it's so important to work through those things and process them. What You know, the thing in that letter, it was just like, of course, you became addicted because you – because any of us can. And any of us – and all of us are, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and I have to say, I never, ever advocate bypassing feelings because it makes no, sense. No, I know. Ever. I mean, I was just saying this is – one of the ways that I got to why me was, was through that. Not because I didn't yeah. feel like a big fuck you during it. And, and you know, it's never No, I know. But – and it's
1: – yeah, and it's so important to hear it on the other side, that you feel that way now. It's huge. You know, I would have responded a lot differently to that message than, you know, you can have a nice little life too, um, which <laughs> felt like death to me.
0: Huh? <gasps> oh, my God, I know. Oh, God, I know. I know. I do. I don't, wanna, I don't want a nice little life.
1: Can we talk about the details in this letter that I hadn't heard before? This is a black man that grew up in Ohio.
0: Yeah, and he lives in Australia. He and he, he, now wrote, lives it in in <laughs> he wrote it in Australia. He wrote it anonymously. I know who he is. He's uh, that's
1: amazing. A black man that lives that grew up in Ohio and lives in Australia.
0: Yeah, he's like the any he's the only black man that lives in where he's living now too. He's, we, yeah. He's so we we hear from a lot of people in Australia. A decent percentage. Australia, London, some, uh, some Netherlands, some Germany. Primarily, yeah. no, Canadians. but I, mean, I feel like the
1: identification of drinking as an issue in Australia has been has come up many times.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a huge. I mean, it is, and and, and not only that. I got a letter yesterday from somebody that was just talking about how she thinks that. The stigmatization around alcohol is worse in London. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. when I look at my stats on my blog, my three primary countries are Australia, London, or not, yeah, continents, Australia, but Australia, London, and um, the United States. Yeah. Top three. Anyway, just, up I, I
1: glaze over that in the first read because I was paying attention to what he was asking, but then when, I, when you read it, I'm thinking, those are some interesting
0: details. Mm-hmm. I hope our response was helpful. I do. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. It's interesting because it's one of those ones that it's really hard to answer because I don't live there anymore, you know? And some of these places, mm-hmm. like, it's so hard to get back into. And it, it is it, like time just does a number on you, I think, in this. And it is really hard sometimes to get back into touch with with some of those questions that the, the question he's asking, I think if, I don't, I, I would be surprised if there was somebody that didn't ask that question on this path. Why me? I would be very surprised. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, that's, I think I hear it all the time. I think I,
1: I don't think I have as hard a time going there right now because I'm writing about that time. Yeah. So it's really fresh, but, but I agree. It's very easy to turn and say, no, this is how it is. This is how it really is. This is how it feels, or you know, it should feel, or it could feel, and and not to be able to go back there. But <clears throat> I think you did it beautifully, and I I think the the literal why of why this happens is is so important. And yeah, we need that from you.
0: It is important. It really is. Like, like, oh my god. Yeah. Knowledge is power, and it it's is. still forming. It's one of those things. It's still form. It really is like it's. It's not. You know, it's this is not information. Brain science just came online not so long ago. The stuff we know now, we did not know. You know, twenty years ago, ten years ago. Um, yeah, right. And we're still learning. Like functional medicine is starting to play a even bigger role in understanding what goes on physiologically, like with depression and anxiety. And I mean, there's just there's always yeah. always developments in all this stuff, but. But the basic thing is, there is no. I mean, I will say this: there is no alcoholic gene. There is no just like you had one thing and it was going to turn on no matter what. It's just yeah, it's just not. Even Gabor Gabor
1: Mate, and in a recent podcast I heard from, he's a doctor, was saying that. He, oh. said that he said there's no evidence for that gene. Yeah. There's evidence for genetic differences between people who are more prone to addiction like you said yeah, but yeah
0: well and it's so interesting because this is what science does so ridiculous we try and find we think that they're like we really do think if we could just find a pill for it or if we could just we could just find the root cause this one thing we could just come up with a super pill for it and eradicate it it's such a fucking waste I mean it's such a waste
1: yeah it's Ugh. how we it's so true it's how we go though
0: yeah, mm-hmm. we try and like specialize it and cut it out and put it over here and we forget to look at the fact that we're human beings and to be a human being is a <laughs> fucking chaotic mess and like it's <laughs> not just, it's as complex as we are. It really is as complex as we are. There's nothing simple about recovery and that's because there's nothing simple about being a human. Yep. All right.
1: Well, All right, my dear. That was wonderful.
0: Was it? <laughs> it was good. It I was love fun. I love what you had to say. Um okay. we will we'll go with it.
1: <laughs> Alright, you have a good night in <gasps> hotel, yeah.
0: I'm gonna go and get a gelato and go on a walk.
1: Good. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna go on a walk too. Hmm. All right.
0: I love you. Bye. Ciao. Wish. Infinitely so You have been told these things before